just because you can upsell it doesn't mean every upsell is going to work. You got to really think it through and say, what's the frictionless, easiest way behaviorally to take a portion of this audience and give them a really good deal that they're happy with? Hey, it's Jason Flatland here. You're listening to The Jason Flatland Show, where I'll be sharing everything from sales and webinar tips to improving productivity and reaching your infinite potential. Jason Flatland here, breaking down the little understood art of the upsell. If you understand upsells, it's the easiest thing you can add to a business to massively increase your bottom line. Now, I got inspired to create this video because I saw a Reddit thread and it was on how Little Caesars accidentally took what was supposed to be shown to the workers at the location and they posted it as if it was a poster for the public. So the public would walk in and say, here's how you upsell this person on this product. And people on Reddit were laughing. Probably what happened, this is me being jaded and cynical, was it was probably a publicity stunt. Somebody thought, oh, we could intentionally engineer this to make it appear as if it happened in the wild, but really we're actually creating marketing for Little Caesars. Would not surprise me if that was the case. But nonetheless... As I was reading the comments on people talking about upsells and being so anti-upsells from a consumer perspective and weighing in with their expert knowledge of which they have very little, if not any on. So I thought, hmm, I should set the record straight here because upsells are one of the greatest things if you do them correctly. And that's what's important is the art of the upsell. First of all, let's break down some terminology before I get into some of the highlights of the comments from this Reddit thread. What is an upsell? An upsell is when you get somebody to upgrade to a premium version of the thing that they're going to buy. A cross-sell, on the other hand, is a complement to the thing they're buying or have already bought. So a lot of people in the thread were talking about cross-selling and thinking that was upselling. It's a very important distinction. And so if I'm going to upsell you, you come in and say, man, I want this vehicle. I want the Mercedes E-Class. And then you get them to lead with the S-Class right? I haven't owned a Mercedes in like 10 years, but I remember when I did, that was kind of the talk. I sat down with the guy and he sold me on the E because he looked at me. I looked poor at the time. And I said, what's the next version up? And he says, S. And I said, what's the next version up? And it was like the CLS. I said, what's the next version up? And he kept looking at me and getting more and more nervous and uncomfortable. I had to upsell him on upselling me. It pissed me off at the time. So this is where a customer would come in for the base model and you'd sell them on the premium model. A cross sell would be a, you want fries with that. They come in for the burger, they leave with the burger and fries. Now there's also a down sell. And this was something else that was being thrown around the thread that I could tell. Again, people don't understand the differences between upsells, cross sells, and down sells. A down sell is is when they say no to the offer and then you give them a lighter version of that offer. So in the software space, you could offer them the full-on software and when they say no to that, you could say, okay, well, I'll give you a version that has these restrictions on the license but fundamentally does about the same thing. So you get less usage or you get less storage on it or you could share it with less team members but fundamentally it still allows you to do X. That's a downsell. So it could even be a trial offer. So they come in, you can't get them to buy the thing fully outright so you downsell them on a trial version. And it was funny because in this thread, there were examples of what people thought were downsells. So they'd say, I had this customer come in and he'd order a large cup of coffee and then he'd pour it out so he could put the milk in it. So what I started doing is tell him, you can buy a medium cup of coffee and I'll just give it to you in a large cup. And so they'd say, I downsold him on that. I'm like, that's smart, but that's not downselling. <laughs> 
that's not the same thing. Customer service is customer service, and that isn't a case where you are downselling them, where they come in, they say, no, I don't want to buy this thing, and then they're out the door almost, and you say, hold on a second before you leave and not spend any money with me. Here's another way you can spend money with me. That's what downselling is. So upsells, cross-sells, downsells. I mentioned this, but it's important to say it's probably more art than science. So people say, well, the downsell didn't work on me, so therefore downsells don't work. Yeah, of course. Yeah, sure. In that particular instance, in that particular context, it didn't work on you. Now you are a sample size N equals one. So you still can't speak to the market. But even if the downsell was done incorrectly, that doesn't mean that all downsells don't work. It means that particular one wasn't implemented properly. So it's got to be the right fit. I Most of the time it has to happen quickly. Usually it has to be low pressure and it has to make logical sense as well as emotional sense. So if somebody comes in for an order and doesn't place a drink and you say add a drink, that is a brilliant upsell because most people generally get a drink with the food. So there's a good chance this person forgot and it's low pressure. It's a right fit and it makes logical sense and it's easy for them to decline. They can say no thank you and it's done. The greatest upsell I've ever seen, by the way, was the whole one egg or two holding the egg up. This is way back in the day, maybe like late 1800s, early 1900s. Elmer Wheeler was the one who coined this. And I think it might have been like a Kmart or a Walgreens type of facility where you would actually at the local drugstore be able to order a milkshake. And people would order the milkshake and they would put one egg in there. And you had to hold them up so they could see it. So this is the, the brilliance of these upsells is if you didn't hold them up, it didn't convert nearly as well. But he would come in there and he'd hold two eggs up and he'd say one egg or two. And now a good percentage of people would go from one egg in their milkshake to two eggs in their milkshake. And that always reminds me of my friend Jay Abraham who really caught a there's only three ways that you can make money in business. One is you get new customers. Two is you get a higher purchase value per customer. And three, you get more repeat business. And of those three ways, the hardest and the least profitable is to bring in new customers. Getting existing customers to spend more at the point of purchase and to spend more often, come back more often, way easier. And the net profit margins are on them are so much higher. That's why upselling, cross-selling, and downselling is essential to your survival in this business and a little bit goes a long ways. And the last example before I'm going to break down some of the comments in Reddit here was we were at the movie theaters, uh, me and my kids were a couple months ago, and we went to the counter and we were buying the 16 ounce bottle waters a piece. And they're five freaking dollars for 16 ounces of water. And none of us need a 32 ounce water in my mind because that was the next size up. So we go, and I don't know how many times, maybe 15, 20 times we've been to the movie, we're all about the 16 ounces. And then this kid one day tells us, hey dude, listen, you can can get the 32 ounce for 50 cents more. Whoa. Okay. We probably don't drink more than 16 ounces of them, but I take them home now. I have more water that I can drink later. And so it made sense for me as a good deal. Now they're intentionally, smartly creating an anchor for 50 cents more. I can get twice as much. And I guarantee they're getting real order bumps that make logical sense for them to sell more water at that price point. In fact, somebody was weighing, should I buy a water or not? Probably wouldn't buy a water until they saw that deal and says, well, I should buy this water because it's such a good deal. How is it such a good deal? Well, the premium version is only this much more and it gets me twice as much. So there's a lot of ways that you can play with upsells to make them more attractive. And there's a lot of ways you can screw them up. 
Now let's get to the Reddit comments. First one, no one upsells me at Little C's, exclamation mark. And I laughed at that. I'm like, yeah, probably not. The problem when you're having employees do upsells for you is if they don't have an incentive to upsell, they're not going to. Uh, in the actual poster, there was some fine print in there that says, chance to win a great prize. That was the incentive by upper management to get their folks to start doing upsells, point of sale, cash register. So they've taken these like 16, 17 year old kids who don't make that much money and they're making them do more work, get rejected more often for no real outcome or benefit other than management told them to do so. Yeah, of course there's not going to be compliance there. This is a stupid mistake I see over and over again. You should properly incentivize the front line if you're going to entrust them to do one of the most valuable things that you can do in marketing, which is to upsell and cross-sell and downsell. So they should get a cut on that. You should give them some a taste of that because a little bit will go a long way. So in this particular case, if we can't get our employees to do it, we should find other ways to do it. So ordering online, you see it all the time and people complain about it, but it makes so much damn money that it's worth the complaints. But if we could have kiosks in these stores that are, as you're standing in line, giving you suggestive upsells while you wait to place your order. Now we can have automation and robots do the upselling for us. Here's another comment. People who choose Little Caesars usually do so precisely because there is no upsells. Yeah, right. This always reminds me of when I'm working on a marketing campaign for an executive and his wife comes in the room or husband, and they say, you know what really works in advertising? And I'm like, oh, please tell us, you who have never created a marketing advertisement campaign in your world, you tell us what really works, right? And then you tell your brain surgeon what really works for him next too. Consumers think just because they consume it, they are an expert in it. They don't realize that they are not an expert because they are the customer and they only have the experience and frame of reference of being a customer. They don't have a holistic viewpoint. Absolutely, there are a long list of reasons people come to Little Caesars and so few that nobody cares I do so because, ah, nobody upsells me there. In fact, I want you to think of all the times in your life you consciously made a decision not to buy something only and specifically because people were upselling you. And you're going to have a hard time if you're being honest with yourself, come up with that reason, especially if the offer is really good. If the offer is really good, you'll go through hell in order to get your hands on it. And oftentimes, again, upsells done correctly enhances the experience for the right clientele. And so even if there was somebody who wouldn't come from an upsell, there's two people who probably would and be happier that you upsold them if you did it correctly. So yeah, don't listen to the people that have no actual experience or expertise in the matter. So I thought that was fascinating because I saw a lot of that too. Here's another one. There's zero chance that I would want to buy a pizza with four random sets of toppings when I came in for a pepperoni pizza. Valid. This is the biggest mistake I see with people that use upsells. They don't make sense. An upsell that would make sense is, would you like double the pepperonis for X number of cents more? And you say, okay, listen, if we gave them twice as much pepperonis or twice as much cheese, or we did something special with the crust, if it only costs us this much, but it gave us this much, we should be asking. So how do we make the offer of the bump irresistible or attractive? And that would be a good upsell in that particular case. So they're absolutely right. Just because you can upsell it doesn't mean every upsell is going to work. You got to really think it through and say, what's the frictionless, easiest way behaviorally to take a portion of this audience and give them a really good deal that they're happy with? Because they're already in the door. So asking them to do one thing that takes 30 seconds, that if even only a small percentage of them say yes to it, we should try that out. Here's another comment. Worked in a cafe where they wanted us to try to upsell every person 
person who came in. Well, you tend to learn who to upsell to and who to pass over. You don't upsell your regulars. You can tell them about a brand new item, but never ever push them to get it. This is another good piece of advice. And the problem that happens is management creates these upsell requirements. And I've seen this in Target a lot too, where Target has said you must upsell every single person, or it's not an upsell in this case, it's a cross sell on this credit card. And they will measure this based on videos of you actually offering it or buttons that you pushed so you can show it to every single customer. That is a dumb way of measuring compliance or trying to force compliance. You should do it based on number of acceptance. And then you should have training to help people know when the opportune time or how to do it in such a way where it handles these instances of frictions where it doesn't make sense. Here's how you work backwards from it. You find your very best upsellers who are the people that always seem to have the highest level of people that say yes to being upsold. And then you build the strategy for the masses around what they're doing. When do they ask it? How do they ask it? Do they ask it to everybody? Do they make selective decisions on who they should ask it to? And then you can still force compliance because you could say, listen, I don't care exactly how you get to this number, but this is the number that we've benchmarked. And this is what we expect. And if you don't get this, we have training that can help you to get this. And again, people aren't going to invest too much time in this because they devalue the value of the upsell. It is absolutely something that you should be building some training around. And I think this was a good example of a little bit of common sense in the situation. Now, here's my favorite one. It would only work on 5% of customers. Oh God, I hope. I hope it only works on 5% because then we're going to make so much damn money. That's all 100% extra money in our pocket. So one out of 20 customers now now makes us a lot more money. Yeah, let me do that. And so this is just an example of mismanaged expectations. Your employees think success means X number of customers say yes to it. And they think that it's like 50%. They don't get that if we only have 5% of customers who say yes to this thing without us spending any more money, look at all of the things this can do for us. And again, this is because they haven't figured out a way to give commission to these people that are upselling it. Because if they did, now the incentives are aligned and they say, holy crap, one out of every 20 customers that comes in the door is a pay raise for me. Giddy up. Let's go. Let's do it. Now, this speaks to the next comment that I saw here where it says, while I hated upselling at the restaurant I worked at, we saw the numbers. If somebody actually bothered to upsell, the average price of their orders would increase by about 20%. So I thought, oh, geez, I never even realized that. Yeah. So if you got your tips and you made money by getting tipped and most people tip based on a percentage of what they spent at the restaurant, it does make sense to you as a server to increase the ticket size of every single person that comes in to try to order food. And it amazes me how so few servers do that, regardless of what management would do from an incentive compensation package, which they probably don't do. They don't do this in most instances because they don't get the value in this themselves. And this is another brilliant way that if properly communicated to the staff that are working these tables on ways they could increase their own revenue and increase their own tips on a consistent basis. I think the thing at Olive Garden was they discovered that if they gave you like a stupid amount of mints, like 20 mints, you would tip higher than if they only gave you two mints and the mints cost next to nothing. So if you ever wondered why you got like a mountain of mints, it's because there's a reciprocity that kicks in and you say, okay, well, I better tip a little bit more. And then they make more money as a percentage when the tips go up. So this is a great example in action of using not only upselling, but cross-selling where it would work in everybody's best interest. Here's another one. It's funny how these things work. You try so hard to squeeze money out of people, but in reality, more money will come in if you don't try to charge as much. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is another example of the naive. This is like the Dunning-Kruger effect in action where the less somebody knows about something, 
something, the more confident they are in their knowledge. It does not work that way. I get that there are instances when you treat people as walking dollar signs and you hard pressure them to pull as much money out of their pocket as humanly possible. They won't want to do business with you. Nobody's debating that. But the reality of thinking that, oh, if I'm just really nice and if people just like me and if I just try really hard, then magically the world will work the way that I want it. Buddy, that doesn't even exist in your dreams, much less in reality. Business is a game that you have to measure in blood and you have to be absolutely disciplined and focused on the things that work at the expense of your own ego. This is why so many businesses go out of business. It's a hard sport. And so you better pay attention to the things that keep you in business. And one of those things is intelligently and creatively finding ways that are value-based that enhance the experience of the customer and also allow them to give you more money. Study the best brands in the industries and you will see they all upsell. They all cross-sell. Apple upsells and cross-sells like you wouldn't believe. Amazon's constantly, you know, frequently bought together. They're upselling and cross-selling you as well. Anywhere you go, you're going to see this. Disney is probably the best example of this. You go in there and everything has a premium version to it. And you're happy when you walk out of there. It's the magic, the most magical place on earth. Now, my favorite one is this last one here. Well, now I'm intrigued by the quattro. I shouldn't be, and yet I am. <laughs> so it just it goes to show you that oftentimes your customers don't know the full set of goods and services that you offer. And many of them would be happy to pay you for these if they only knew they existed. So cross-selling and upselling are very powerful because it helps people see that you are more than just the one thing that they came in for because that's typically how they slot and view you. So there you go, right in action. If you're not upselling and cross-selling, you're in a dangerous position, my friend, and you must be allergic to money. What are your thoughts on this? Let me know. Have you ever been cross-sold or upsell in a way that was really awesome for you? Give me that experience or a negative experience of cross-selling or upselling or downselling where you didn't like it. Give me that experience in the comments. I'll see you on the next video. Hey, Jason Flyland here. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you found this helpful at all, please leave me a review. And thanks again and stay tuned for future episodes.